Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Seven minutes gone by here in the first period. Carolina storming back in as Trocek puts it in and Vasilevsky makes the save in the rebound opportunity. Unnatchez is denied. Vasilevsky with his two best saves here in the first period. Bean across for Svechnikov. Back to Bean. Down low to Svechnikov up top. Bean wrist one. They score! On the power play, Jake Bean gets his first point in the postseason as a Carolina Hurricane. And his first power play goal. And the Canes have tied it at one. Ahead now for Fogel. Fogel bumped off. Goodrow couldn't bring it in, trying to go for Coleman. Comes back for Goodrow. Barclay Goodrow to the outside with a shot. He scores! Barclay Goodrow! He fooled Nadelkovich along the ice, and with 7.21 to go, Tampa has a 2-1 lead. Svechnikov back up top. Teravainen looking for Aho. Aho back to Teravainen. Across Svechnikov. His shot deflected by Hamilton. Still lose. Five seconds to go here in the third period. Teravainen shot. That goes wide. It's to the side of the net. Poked out in front, and time expires. And Tampa Bay escapes game one with a 2-1 victory. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold as the Carolina Hurricanes fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning 2-1 on home ice in their second round opener the Central Division Championship Series, if you will, uh, and a little bit self-inflicted for Carolina uh, as they waste, really, a great first period. we got a lot of things we are going to discuss today. We're going to talk to Alec Campbell in just a little bit. We'll go through a little bit of a recap, as we used to do on a regular basis. We've got to move away from it, but we're going to go back to a recap because uh, it will allow us to explain a bunch of things. Uh, but the Hurricanes uh, skate away on the short end of a 2-1 score. Uh, nothing big to draw out of it in terms of probability of winning or not as long as Carolina comes back to win game two. You win game two. Road teams that win game one end up winning the series like 54% of the time. So we're really talking about, you know, really probably not big a big difference as Tampa probably is a slight favorite to win this series either way. Uh, but if as long as Carolina comes back and wins game two, which is on Tuesday night at 7.30, it'll be a 6.30 storm watch, by the way, uh, then all order has been restored to the universe. But game two becomes a must win. Uh, more than 80% of the time, if you win games one and two on the road, which Tampa did in their previous series, winning games one and two in Florida, 
more than 80% of the time, that team wins that series. We are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Siding, roofing, windows, doors, they got it. And all you have to do is go online for a free no-obligation estimate at aluminumcompany.com. If you load the bases with nobody out in the first, in the second, and the third innings, and you don't score, you feel like, huh, might have let that one get away. First and goal from the one, knocking on the door in the red zone all first quarter. All you got is a couple of field goals to show for it. You might go, yeah, might have let that one get away. Bunch of birdie opportunities. Not that we have birdie opportunities, but let's just assume for the sake of argument that we have birdie opportunities and you leave the putt short and you go, eh, it's going to come back to bite me. There you go. Carolina Hurricanes first period. Uh, I wouldn't say a dominant first, but a, a really good first period. Dangerous first period. No goals. So if you're Tampa and you are basically... Uh, just scrambling around for a good chunk of that period. Not that they didn't have some scoring chances uh, because they uh, they clearly did. But if you're Tampa and you get out of that period scoreless, ooh, you're feeling good. And that's the way Tampa had to be feeling. Good after the first period because it was scoreless and Carolina was taking it to him. Again, a dangerous first period. Uh, in my opinion, that's where these games are often lost. Every sport, if you don't take advantage of those moments when you are the better team, if it doesn't get reflected on the scoreboard, ultimately, you pay the price. And Carolina paid the price tonight. Uh, and that's uh, when they go back and look at it, and we're going to talk about the ultimate deciding moment in the game uh, in a little bit, but when you get to it, when you go back and you look at this tape, if you want to watch the game again, you're going to see chances ultimately that needed to go. Now, that doesn't mean that Carolina wasn't trying. Andre Vasilevsky, to me, best player on the ice. And we might get used to, you know, want to get used to hearing that because he is the best goaltender in the world. And Carolina had a hard time solving him tonight. It took, I think, the hip of Anthony Sorelli to help Carolina score a goal off of Andre Vasilevsky tonight. Martin Natchez, Vincent Trocek, Jordan Martin, look, that was Carolina's best line. I'm not sure it was close that they were the best line. Tons of scoring chances just from those three guys alone. I thought Natchez had a bunch of scoring chances. Trocek in tight. You wonder, Vincent, who went 14 games without a goal at the end of the season, I think he scored in game two, the game two win over either the game two win or the game one win over uh, Nashville. And then, you know, he didn't do much the rest of that series. So you just wonder if Vincent is still in this, like not yet out of his scoring funk. But again, I thought he played a really good game as did Natchez, as did Martinook, although Martinook's ice time it'll, won't be reflected in the ice time because Jordan didn't play any shorthanded time or power play time 
and Natchez and Trocek both piled up some minutes playing on special teams. But ultimately, uh, Martinuk's 10, almost 11 minutes was very, very effective. Uh, I don't know if you'll take him off that line unless Nino Niederreiter comes back. I really don't. Uh, there might be some other things uh, to adjust in the Carolina lineup. Uh, and I'm going to say this, but I'm not advocating it. Um, Alex Nedeljkovic allowed a terrible goal. A terrible goal tonight. A goal that you can't allow in the postseason. I would not be surprised if we saw Peter Morazic get in net for game two. Um Morazic has been excellent all year, played well against Tampa when uh, he was, I think, in was his first start, 32 save shutout against Tampa all the way back in January. Um, that's just a bad goal to allow. And if that's a lineup change, maybe we trace it to the bad goal that Ned allowed. On the other hand, Rod understands just how important it is to go back to somebody who has clearly been determined is the guy. And so it's a little bit of a mind game. But that goal ultimately cost Carolina the game. That doesn't mean that we can't point out that, hey, look, Ned played great. But, man, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Ned played great. We don't have to couch everything. You're only as good as the goals you allow. That is the reality of goaltending, especially in the playoffs. Andre Vasilevsky made a ton of great saves. If he allows a bad goal and Carolina wins the game, it's the bad goal. It doesn't matter the great saves that you made. It's the bad goal. It's partly when we go back to, uh, I guess it was game three in Nashville, when Nashville won 5-4 in double overtime, two of the goals were not good goals. So, you know, if those if you don't allow the bad goals, and Soros allowed some bad goals too, I just want to point that out, but if you don't allow the bad goals... Uh, then maybe you win the game in regulation. Again, we don't have to. This this is this is the National Hockey League. It's not we're we're not parents. We don't have to protect these guys. Uh, there is nobody who is more upset about that goal than Alex Nedeljkovic. Nobody. Uh, but as you heard it, it was a uh, it was a very tough angle to allow a goal and one that cannot be allowed to score. I think Keith Jones said it, uh, you know, you know, probably shouldn't allow that goal. He goes, nope, you shouldn't allow that goal. Uh, and that is the reality. Good to see Jake Bean do something positive. It had been a while for Jake, a power play goal. I can't even remember his last goal. <clears throat> I can't even remember Jake Bean's last goal. Uh, looked like it glanced off Anthony Sorelli on the way through, and it got Carolina even. It was on the wraparound power play that Carolina drew toward the end. Uh, I think it was on Coleman toward the very end of the second period. I think he tripped. It was a Jordan Martinuk. Uh, Carolina gets the power play. Uh, it's hard to start a period on a power play. I know they talk about you know the ice, oh, the perfect ice and all of that. Yeah, that's great, but the team hasn't been playing for 18 minutes, uh, and it's just hard to start 
and have any sort of uh, continuity offensively, but uh, Bean played uh, back and forth with Andrei Svechnikov and then let it fly for the power play goal. Uh, speaking of the power play, one for five tonight. Tampa was one for three. I thought Carolina's kill was pretty good. Uh, you know, just one of those things that happens. Uh, the deflection goal from Braden Point beats uh, Alex Nedeljkovic. Uh, I didn't think Carolina's power play was awesome. Thought it was okay. It's okay. wasn't great. Uh, had some uh, had some good chances m- more early than late. Uh, but the uh, they just need more out of it. If you're going to get five tries against the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, and you know that against the Lightning, you're going to have to keep pace with their power play, and Carolina did tonight. But if you get five chances, you probably need to bury more than one. Just saying. Uh, Carolina got the one, but was not uh, not good enough. All right, let's get to a couple of things. Uh, and then we'll talk to Alec Campbell on the other side. I've uh, I've said my piece about uh, the goaltending. I'm sure it will come up in conversation. Uh, I thought Carolina was obviously great in the first period. Uh, good in the second. Not as good as Tampa, but I don't think Carolina was bad in the second period by any stretch of the imagination. I think Tampa just raised their level, uh, and it was an even period, maybe a slight tilt to the Lightning, they, of course, got the power play goal. The third period was, I think, for Carolina, pretty good. Carolina was good in the third. Uh, I didn't think they were awesome in the third, but what they weren't in the third period was dangerous. Uh, there just weren't a ton of scoring chances created in the third period. Uh, and, I mean, to me, that's about Tampa as much as anything. Uh, Carolina did have eight scoring chances, but only one of them was a grade-A opportunity, and it didn't go. I'm trying to remember which one uh, which one that was. They had some chances. Like, I still keep going back to the first period and the, the number of chances that Carolina had in tight uh, that did not go. Some missed the net. Uh, some Andre Vasilevsky made a big save on. Uh, but uh, I thought the third was good, but not quite dangerous enough uh, to keep Tampa kind of hemmed in. But at that point, it's 1-1 if you have the puck. Uh, Tampa can't score unless you turn it over in the neutral zone. Uh, so that's to me, that's the way this game felt to me. Uh, I know I heard Mike say at the end that Tampa escapes with a 2-1 win. I'm not sure that's accurate because escapes to me, says that Carolina was clearly the better team. And I really felt like this game was a whole lot more even than uh, than Carolina was better at 5-on-5, five five, basically an even game. Uh, natural Stat Trick has scoring chances uh, for Tampa, 19-16, high danger, 7-6. Uh, the difference really was on the power play. Uh, but Carolina wasn't good enough on the power play with the five power plays that you did have. Scoring chances all in all, uh, Tampa with the 24-23 edge in all situations. Let's get into a quick recap, then we'll take a break. We'll come back with Alec Campbell on the other side. Uh, All right, so in the first period where Carolina did their best work, there was so much of this. 
Trocek tries to work it to the point, said it deflects out in front. Now Shea will get it across. Natchez has an angle. Natchez is shot. Vasilevsky gets an arm to it. Might have hit the post. Hamilton, his shot deflected out in front. Now in the slot. Aho! Vasilevsky gets a glove to it somehow as Aho was in the garden spot. Seven minutes gone by here in the first period. Carolina storming back in as Trocek puts it in and Vasilevsky makes the save in the rebound opportunity. Natchez is denied. Vasilevsky with his two best saves here in the first period. I will say that the the save on Aho with the glove was probably Vasilevsky's best save. Uh, I don't think it was a great game out of the Aho Teravainen McGinn combination tonight. Uh, I don't think they were bad. And remember that they draw the top assignment of Point Palat and Kucherov. So a lot of what happened to Carolina was those guys are elite. Players just like Carolina has elite players on their top line, although I'm not going to uh, pretend that I said that about Brock McGinn. Brock McGinn's there to create some uh, some disruption. Uh, and if I had to guess, if I was Rod Brindamore, I think you might see Andrei Svechnikov back on that top line. I just think that um, if you're going to put... If you're going to put your best guys out there, you might as well put your best guys out there. But who knows how it's going to go? Rod may stick with what he's got uh, because, again, Carolina played well today. I don't think I don't know, think they were better than Tampa. I think Tampa slightly better overall than Carolina. But you know, if you wanted to call it an even hockey game, that's fine. Uh, but you don't want your top line to neutralize their top line, and I'm not even sure that the Ajo line rose to that occasion uh, today. Uh, but, so they need they need more out of Ajo. They need more out of Teravainen. Uh, you can't get more in terms of play than you got out of the Trocek line today. They just didn't get a goal, and that's a problem. All right, so uh, let's go to the second period. Brock McGinn in the box. The kill is looking great, but it only takes one moment against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa stepping into the cane zone. Kalorn will leave it to the point. It works its way to Hedman. Hedman wrists one right on and score. A deflection out in front in the Tampa Bay power play. Strikes as the puck trickles through Alex Nedeljkovic. Braden Point looks to get the stick to it. And Tampa gets the first lead of this game. It's 1-0, the Lightning. Yeah, look, I thought Carolina's kill for the first, say, minute 20 of this power play was excellent, dominant. Uh, they really are, you know, one of the best penalty kill units I have seen in the entire league. Uh, but Tampa comes in, uh, they create some space uh, at the point, and Hedman just, you know, a low, soft shot that Braden points in front. The only criticism I would have, you you have one fewer player, so it's hard to be everywhere, but the only criticism I have is that Yanni Hockenpah was behind Braden Point. If you're not on the defensive side of the puck, then you might as well not be there. But there you go. It is a power play goal for Tampa. The deflection through Alex Delkovich, and it's one nothing. But then the Hurricanes, who had a penalty, a power play rather, right at the end of the second period, it carries over, and then Jake Bean 
hit the score sheet. Bean across for Svechnikov. Back to Bean. Down low to Svechnikov up top. Bean wrist one. They score! On the power play, Jake Bean gets his first point in the postseason as a Carolina Hurricane. And his first power play goal. And the Canes have tied it at one. Good goal for Jake Bean. Uh, it's been a long time since Jake has done something like that. I'm not talk, talking about score goal, but just make a positive play in the offensive end. Remember, that's why he's in the lineup, because he has an offensive upside that we haven't seen for probably two months. The first unit was out, and I remember tweeting about, man, why didn't Martin Natchez shoot the puck? Uh, Natchez had a little, uh, you know, pass to the to the middle for a lesser shot than Martin Natchez could have had. And Carolina ultimately didn't even get a shot out of that sequence. So I tweet out, why didn't Martin Natchez shoot the puck? And then probably, oh, I don't know, 20 seconds later was when Natchez scored. I'm like, well, there's your answer. Because Natchez is a good teammate, and he wanted Ned to get on the score sheet. Uh, so Carolina draws even. It's 1-1. And I thought from there... Uh, and Carolina got another power play not that long after that with Anthony Sorelli high-sticking Vincent Trocek, and I thought that power play kind of fizzled out. They had a hard time getting set up in the offensive zone. And then about two minutes after that, speaking of trouble, trouble in the neutral zone saw Tampa enter the zone with speed. Ahead now for Fogel. Fogel bumped off. Goudreau couldn't bring it in, trying to go for Coleman. Comes back for Goudreau. Barclay Goudreau to the outside with a shot. He scores! Barclay Goudreau! He fooled Nadelkovic along the ice, and with 7.21 to go, Tampa has a 2-1 lead. So Fogel gets bumped off the puck. Uh, Shea and Steven Lorenz were each defending Coleman along the wall. Then Shea recovered to pick up Goudreau, and he forced a tough angle shot. And Ned uh, tried to go over to the post, and his skate missed the post, so he lost his balance, fell forward, and in the act of falling forward, his right pad separated from the post, and the shot basically went in off Ned's pad. It's a bad goal. What are you going to do? Bad goal. Carolina didn't have enough uh, sustained pressure. Took him uh, probably a minute and a half to get Alex Nedeljkovic off the ice. Didn't happen until 105. I think they would have liked to have done that about 90 seconds sooner, but they didn't. Tampa had a couple of more scoring chances uh, in that sequence, and then finally uh, Carolina collected the puck, but they didn't have enough time. Well, they had enough time. They just... Weren't able to get one through. There was a frantic, uh, you know, last sequence in front of Andre Vasilevsky. Svechnikov back up top. Teravainen looking for Aho. Aho back to Teravainen across Svechnikov. His shot deflected by Hamilton. Still lose five seconds to go here in the third period. Teravainen shot that goes wide. It's to the side of the net, poked out in front, and time expires. And Tampa Bay escapes Game One with a 2-1 victory. Again, not sure escapes is accurate, but uh, it was a good game. Uh, either team could have won it. I think the slightly better team today did win it, though. So, uh, and uh, and there you go. So the Hurricanes will come back on Tuesday. 
uh, after I'm sure some sort of a practice, probably a uh, a breezy practice tomorrow, and uh, they'll come back on Tuesday and try to even the series at one game apiece. Uh, so ultimately, the my three main takeaways are: you got to get something out of that first period. You can't allow the bad goal. And Carolina might need a little bit more. Well, not might. They need more out of the top line. Uh, and maybe that top line needs Andrei Svechnikov. Although I wouldn't say Andrei Svechnikov was outstanding today. I thought he was okay, though. I didn't think he was bad today. Uh, but maybe Carolina needs to load up the top line. Just some thoughts that I had. And we'll take a quick break. We'll talk to Alec Campbell on the other side. A reminder that the Canes Corner podcast drops immediately after, or really the morning after, every Hurricanes game. Uh, the Game 1 Divi- Central Division Finals podcast uh, actually posted uh, in the uh, mid-evening on Sunday night. Uh, but it, it is always available to you the morning after every Hurricanes game. That's why we call it the morning after podcast. Most of these games are in the uh, or at night. Sometimes the podcast doesn't post till uh, 12, 12.30. Anyway, I'm rambling. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, follow the Canes Corner Podcast. Rate us, review us, let us know what you think. Uh, we're here again after every Hurricanes game. And hopefully there will be, oh, another dozen or so of these games to talk about. But you got to win game two. Short break, Alec Campbell, next. Welcome back to the Canes Corner Podcast. I'm Adam Gold, Alec Campbell, in just a minute. Before we get to Alec Campbell, though, uh, let's hear a little bit of Rod Brindamore. Talks about Andre Vasilevsky, Alex Nedeljkovic, and maybe the real problem from tonight. He's the best in the league, best in the world. Let's put it that way. We know that. We knew that coming in. It's not a surprise. I mean, he's been doing it for quite a while. And, you know, we just got to make it harder. We got to, you know, figure out ways to make it a little bit harder on him because he's going to make a lot of great saves. I mean, this is, like I said, it's not a surprise. So um, it's pretty much exactly what we thought was going to happen as far as his performance. And now we just, you know, got to keep trying. Luke? Rod, Ned's been so good for you guys through these playoffs. Um, the second goal obviously was was not a great one. Uh, how do you kind of talk to him, and and you know how does the team kind of go from here? I mean, that's the first time you you've really seen that. Yeah. From him. yeah, it's well, it's tough, tough for everybody. I mean, we, it's it's no use hiding it. It was no good goal. It was a bad goal. He's gonna admit it. I mean, okay, it happens. He made a lot of good saves tonight too. So, you know, that's that's part of it. It's, we'll bounce back, and he'll bounce back, and. You know, we got to score more than one to win anyway. That's the way I look at it. So, you know, we had our chances. We got to, you know, we got we to gotta, we gotta make it tougher for them. You know, two, we got to get we gotta get more than one. Chip. Rod, you, you know, the players and yourself have used the word resilience a lot here in the last couple of weeks. Is this just another test of that? And would you be surprised if the team doesn't bounce back pretty strong in the next game? Yeah, I mean, nothing's come easy for this group ever. Nothing ever is handed to them. Everything they've gotten, they've earned. Every win of the season, like there's just been never been an easy game. There's never been anything that's you know gone. It seems like gone easily. And um, obviously, we're in the playoffs. It's like we're gonna have to go, uh, you know, earn every every inch ice that we get, every goal. Um, 
but this group's always bounced back. So I, I don't expect anything different. Rod, Brendan Moore, after the game, you should have seen the eye roll when asked about the Alex Nedeljkovic, uh bad goal allowed. Well, of course, it's a bad goal. Uh, but I think the underlying point there that Rod is trying to make, and yes, it's an unacceptable goal, and ultimately it cost Carolina the game, but you got to score more than one. If you don't score more than one, probably not beating the Tampa Bay Lightning. But everybody knows that. Not going to win a bunch of games uh, one nothing. It's not going to happen. So I turn to my man Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath, uh, and the longest aftermath, uh, I believe, on uh, on record uh, from the Hurricanes Radio Network and my friend Tuesday this week through Friday from noon to three. Uh, all right, where do you want to start? Give me uh, give me what your big takeaway is from tonight. Uh, my big takeaway from tonight is just not opportunistic. I mean, it's again one of those games where it's like, yeah, I didn't really hate the way the Hurricanes played, but it's the playoffs. So we don't really have time for moral victories anymore. You got to score goals when you get opportunities to do that. And the Hurricanes didn't do that tonight. So, and then they gave a soft goal up. So that didn't help. But I mean, the first period, they were dominant in the first period. They got nothing out of that. Uh, I mean, they got a goal from Jake Bean, for, for goodness sake. I mean, you get a goal from him and <laughs> you got to win. Yeah, every three uh, months they get a goal from Jake Bean. Yeah, February 27th was the last goal for Jake Bean. Um, but, you know, just didn't didn't get enough out of the good stuff tonight. That's all. There, there was not enough juice from the squeeze, so to speak. Yep. And then the soft goal hurt you big time. I mean, just can't give that up. So, good effort. And I, like the, I like the way they played. I think they proved that they can play with Tampa, but now you're down 0-1. I mean, really, it's a must-win on Tuesday. Probably oh, yeah. the biggest one they played in the playoffs, to be honest. So, um, you know, it was it was a, a tough one to lose. I mean, I don't know that they were necessarily world better than Tampa, but I thought they were right there. Yeah, so Rel- relatively just, even game. Yeah, I think for me it was it was. It was really just not being opportunistic enough with the chances that they got. The first period was pretty glaring to me. And I even thought, you know, in the third period that they got back to it. And when they got that 2-1 lead, they were pretty chill. You know, they were they were kind of sitting back a little bit. And I was like, man, Tampa might want to – they might <laughs> want to keep playing. Because I think if Carolina had gotten a couple of more – there were – Three more minutes left in the game. I think they would have uh, they could have they would have scored a goal. But alas, there's only twenty minutes per period. There are only twenty minutes, and I appreciate that you use the word alas. Uh, here's how I started uh, the podcast. Uh, if you load the bases with nobody out in the first and second, or maybe the first three innings, and you don't score. Uh, or if you're uh, knocking on the door of the end zone the first half and you only have a couple of field goals to show from it, eventually those or, come right. Or you had you had two outs and a routine ground ball to third base, 
and you got in a rundown on the first baseline when you could have just stepped on first. What are you doing to me? Don't don't start with me about that. We're gonna. That's coming up on Tuesday. I'm bringing it back up again. I'm mad that instead you gave up. Instead you gave up two runs. Exactly. Exact. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, so, because it's 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 the truth about the first period. The only part of this game where one team was dominant than the other was the first period, and Carolina didn't get anything out of it. You have to come up with one. Now, I'm not blaming anybody because the real culprit is Andre Vasilevsky, who made a bunch of saves, uh, a bunch of great saves in the first period, uh, but that was Carolina's best. From that point on, I felt it was an even game. Um, and I would even give maybe an, a slight edge to Tampa in the second period, uh, but ultimately it was an even game, um, and you just didn't get enough out of the first period. I thought Tampa was better in the second period. I thought that they were, you know, we were scoring it by round. Carolina got the first round. Tampa got the second round. Yeah, no, I I I thought Tampa was the better team in the second period. Um, I mean, I don't think it was glaring. It certainly wasn't as glaring as as it was for Carolina in the first. Uh, but Tampa got the power play goal, uh, which the funny thing is, is that I, I could argue that that might have been Carolina's best kill until the goal. I mean, Tampa was doing nothing on that power play until the goal. Uh, and then, of course, it doesn't really matter. We've seen that before. How uh, Your power play could be trash for 90 seconds. And then, oh, look, a tip-in. Uh, and uh, and that's a goal. Uh, quickly to the bad goal. It's okay to say that you're only as good as the worst goal you allow or the goals that you allow because that's the truth about goaltending. Andre Vasilevsky, if he had allowed a bad goal and Carolina beat him 2-1, it wouldn't matter how many great saves Andre Vasilevsky made. These are adults. Alex Nedeljkovic knows more than anybody that he allowed a bad goal. And hopefully he won't allow any more of those goals. Uh, but it's okay. It, ultimately, they lost the game because Ned gave up that awful goal. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't give up the, the awful goal, maybe they still lose the game eventually. Right. But, I mean, who, who says it's not okay to say that? Yes, my oh, everybody has to couch it. We have oh, you, you have to you have to point out that Ned played great. Yeah, Ned played fine. I I I thought Ned was excellent tonight, except for that. Yeah, and the fact that that yeah. goal went yeah. in, it doesn't matter how great he was. Right. I mean, there's context surrounding everything. It's the same as the Hurricanes game. You know, it it was a, it was a pretty well played game by them. But they didn't win. So it's the playoffs right now. So that's really the only thing that matters. But, you know, it's just like my golf scores are predicated on how many balls I hit out of bounds, right? <laughs> how many penalty shots? How many penalty shots do I take? Right. Right? If I can reduce, that's really what my golf game is about. If I can reduce my penalty shots, then I'm probably going to score pretty low. But if I pump three into the woods off the tee, I got to take drops, then it becomes about my, my mistake, not my, uh, not the good things that happen. So I think that's the same tonight is, you know, Ned made a 
an egregious mistake at an egregious time. Yeah, and if, if think about. I don't, know, go ahead. I don't really know what he was doing. I think, I think there's an op, there's a chance he was. I don't know. Maybe maybe waiting to see if there was going to be a pass. No. Or uh, here's 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 up, what happened. Up maybe a a wrap around that he was trying to maybe get ready to push off his right foot off that post because he. It was weird how he sort of fell backwards into the net. It was well, just here's what happened. Position he was in. Here's what happened. Ned Ned went over to the post, and normally when you go over to the post, you put your skate on the post, right? Right. And he missed it. So he lost his balance and actually fell forward, not back, which yeah. left the gap. And, I mean, he was there. That's the thing. The, the initial look looked like he bounced off the post, but he actually never hit the post. His skate never hit the post. So at that point, he lost his balance and fell forward. It created the gap. Uh, it's an unfortunate goal. It's a bad goal, but it's 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 not the type of bad goal that, not to use his name in this context, that Scott Darling would allow. Right? It's a bad <laughs> How goal. How many podcasts throw is that? It's got to be like five. Oh my Four god! Five. Yeah, I'm- on darling references, I love it. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be it, like a Where's Waldo puzzle. At some point. <laughs> it's a bad goal with some context. So, um, look, who who knows what the uh, what the future lies in this series? Uh, I'm pretty confident that uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm kind of assuming that Rod will go back to Ned in game two, um, and game you know that will determine what happens. I think the rest of the series, but I'm pretty sure that. He'll go back to uh, go back to Ned in game two. Um, no need, no need a rider. Rod said after the game that it's probably uh, he's doubtful for the rest of this series. How does that impact Carolina? I mean, I think it's pretty big because Nino's was a pretty big goal scorer for them, especially in five-on-five hockey this year. I mean, he scored 20 goals. I think, what, 16 of them came in five-on-five situations. But I think he's also a good force on the power play, too. So now you're in a situation where you've got two defensemen on a power play unit. Um, So, like, I know – and, you know, the other thing, too, is when you get in these series and you have your top players they can sometimes cancel each other out. And at that point, then it becomes about whose depth players are better. And Nino would be a great candidate to be an offensive catalyst in a series like this. So I kind of think it's a little bigger of a deal than maybe I thought it was when I first saw that he was out. Well, I think, I think it's a big deal. Um, because of where Nino Niederreiter generally scores goals. You know, they, there aren't that many players that operate, uh, you know, in the slot as effectively. Right. I mean, Carolina doesn't really have many players that operate as effectively in the slot as Nino Niederreiter does, although that's kind of been absent since the playoffs have begun, although we did have a big goal in the Nashville series. I think it might have been his only one. Might He might have had two. Um, but... It does force Rod Brindamore to make some sort of a move uh, on that line. And and I, I just wonder, uh, McGinn played with Ahu and Taravainen. And that line was okay. 
but I wouldn't go any further than okay. Of course, they have the tougher assignment. They've got to deal with Point, Kucherov, and Palat, uh, and they did that. You know, I thought at five on five, they did that pretty well. It wasn't great, but it wasn't. Uh, they didn't get uh, owned by Palat uh, by by that line. Um, but if you're not going to put Svetch on that line, you probably need. Although I thought Martinuk was very good tonight. I, they might have to load up one line. I guess is what I'm uh, what I'm ultimately coming back to, uh, because you have to get something out of that line. And Svechnikov, who ended up playing with Stall and Foss, because Foss and Fogel were flipped in the third period, uh, that line was good. But other than what Svech created, there wasn't a lot created by that line. Yeah, and I mean, I think you know, especially when you're talking about a big goaltender. Andre Vasilevsky and Nino is one of your bigger guys, and the way he plays, I think it's you know t- taking away eyes and getting traffic and stuff like that. Probably even a bigger deal. So yeah, man, it's um, kind of a problem. But I mean, listen, it's not the it's not the type of like back breaking problem that you know it's not losing Slavin, right? right? It's not losing Pesci, right? It's not losing Aho. I mean, but it just, um, you know, it just cuts your depth down a little bit. Yeah, a lot. Uh, a lot. It ex- it exposes that Carolina doesn't have any other options is what it does. Like, other than their, uh, you know, options for goals. So Carolina scored one goal tonight. Rod said it after the game. Uh, you know, Nino scored 20 during the regular season. That's right. hard. That's hard to replace. Um so, I mean, they, they, again, not a ton of options. Cedric Paquette draws back in. Uh, I thought the fourth line was okay. Uh, Tampa's fourth line with Maroon, Tyler Johnson, uh, and um, and Ross Colton. Yeah. That's a good line, man. That's a good line. That, yeah. And the fourth line for Carolina's got their hands full with that line. Uh, again, yeah. it's... Carolina's depth gets stressed when uh, when any of their top nine are out. I mean, Tyler Johnson's always going against Carolina, but there, there's one time when he just absolutely took Yanni Hockenpot in the hole. And I'm surprised more people don't try that. Like, why, why don't they do that more? What, take Yanni Hockenpot to the net? Just take him to the net, man. Tyler Johnson at one point tonight took Yanni Hockey. Like, I mean, in basketball parlance, it'd be like he just put it on the deck. Oh, yeah. And took him off the dribble. Took him off the dribble and just blew right by him. And Hockenbot didn't do anything about it. I'm surprised more people haven't tried. And this was, this was Tyler Johnson. So it's like, I mean, if that's, you know, assuming we see a lot of like, fourth line Tampa against third pair Carolina. Um, that could be a problem. Yeah. I mean, anytime Hockenpah and Bean are out there together, it's a problem. I have noticed that Rod splits them uh, a lot in the third period. Yeah. Yeah. There was some weirdness a couple of times with the, with the pairs. Well, he doesn't, I don't think Rod likes to have, especially once we get to the third period, uh, Rod will send them out for shifts, but he'll send them out for shifts with one of the other four. Yeah. 
So you'll see Pesci and Bean out there for a couple of shifts. You'll see Hockenbaugh out there with Shea or uh, one time with Slavin. So you'll see some of that. Uh, But, you know, you throw uh, Bean and Hockenbaugh on the ice at the same time, you're just asking for trouble. All right. Well, we didn't solve any of the world's problems, but I think we agree uh, that the, the Hurricanes played well enough to win, but maybe not well enough to beat Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, tonight he was the uh, he was the best player in the game I don't understand how like I don't know who the the three I guess I assume Vasilevsky was the first star uh, in the building Uh, NBC Sportsnet did not have Vasilevsky as the first star I think they had Braden Point as the first star who was excellent tonight Uh, but Andre Vasilevsky was the the first star in the end you know that's 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 gonna be a big part of it oh yeah beating Vasilevsky I mean you can continue to play well, but if you can't beat him, then, I mean, you're going to have a tough time. And he's, he's, you know, he's very good. Best so, on, uh, best on planet earth. I will leave you with these. Right. I will leave you with these words or these numbers, uh, Alec. Tampa Bay, when the road team wins game one, they have a 57.4% chance of winning the series. So, that's Tampa Bay's historical win probability right now. If the Hurricanes win game two Tuesday, Carolina will have a 55.4% chance of winning the series. If Tampa wins, their chances to win go up to 80.8%. So none yeah. of that matters worth a damn, but that's what history tells us. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, you don't want to go down 0-2 and go on the road to play games three and four and potentially, you know, give Tampa a chance to sweep. Um, And, you know, if you go down 0-2, you've got to win four of the next five games. Yes. That's tough to do. (laughs) Very hard. So Thursday, or Tuesday rather, is an extremely important game. Yep. For Carolina. Extremely important. The most important. All right, sir. Uh, we'll do this again Tuesday. I'll see you at the arena. All right, man. Alec Campbell, Kane's Corner Podcast, brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham online. Aluminumcompany.com. Free, no obligation estimate right there. Hurricanes fall to Tampa 2 1. No overtime. That's a plus. We'll see you Tuesday night, 7.30 for game two of this series. You heard the numbers. Very, very important game for the Hurricanes. Uh, For Alec, I'm Adam. Bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Are you unhappy with your CPAP provider? Did you know you can easily switch providers right now? I'm Megan Giggling, General Manager of Parkway Sleep Health Centers. We are North Carolina's number one source for CPAP machines and supplies. Contact us today. We ship anywhere in North Carolina. If you're in need of a CPAP machine, supplies, a knowledgeable doctor, or a sleep study, Parkway has you covered. For information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health.